I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I. <laughs> Welcome to Kitty's Birthday House. My brother's name is Ozzy and I'm Guy Boy. Thank you for missing from Mommy's podcast. See you later. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am your host Jordan. If you're new around here, I am a mum of two. I have Jai who's three and Ali who is 20 months old. <laughs> I also have a business baby which is your birth project. Your birth project is something that you need in your life if you are pregnant. It is an online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth and there's nothing fluffy in there. It is just all about you and creating your best birth. It is also an online store which is pregnancy, birth and postpartum focused. There are some wonderful bundles or toolkits in there um, that help you save some money and give you really good opportunity to shop some beautiful pregnancy, birth and postpartum related products. And it is also the Your Birth Project Journal, which is an amazing tool for pregnancy and birth prep. It's a reflection tool and you will keep it for years to come. So that is a little bit about me. And what am I talking to you about today? I have a beautiful birth story for you today with the lovely Angel. And you might know Angel if you follow her on Instagram. She is from Married at First Sight. And her husband Brett is the dad of her baby. And also who she married um, on Married at First Sight. So apart from that, she has a wonderful story to share with us. Um, Lots of reflection from her real honesty around how she was feeling about birth and how she felt postpartum and yeah I just think this episode is such a great one for so many reasons um but I'm just very grateful to Angel that she was willing to be so open and raw and honest with us in this episode so I know you're going to get something out of it I hope you love it I'd love to hear from you um feel free to send me an email jordan with a y at kiwibirthtales.com better give you the right email address (laughs) um or find me on instagram at kiwibirthtales um and once again i am so grateful that you are choosing to have me in your ears today thank you for being here enjoy the episode and have a beautiful day or night wherever you are listening hi angel thanks so much for joining me on the kiwi birthtales podcast today Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute long time coming. <laughs> it has, it has indeed, but I am so glad that you're here. Um, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Um, so my name is Angel um, and in my family is my husband, Brett, um, my dog, Cashew, and my 13-month-old um, daughter, Vera. Um, people might remember Brett and I because we got married at first sight <laughs> about, <laughs> about six years ago now. Um, oh, my gosh. So I know. It's insane. So our daughter is a spawn of reality TV success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, So I'm a stay-at-home mum at at the moment, and um, my husband makes wooden signs for, like, farms and for weddings and cafes, Um, and we live in Lincoln and Christchurch. Amazing. Very cool. And um, I'm excited to hear (laughs) a little bit more about your your journey. So we're going to work through, yeah, pregnancy, birth, and then what it's been like for the last sort of 13 months with little Vienna. Um, But maybe if we start with Do you want to talk us through the journey to pregnancy and what that was like for you and Brett? Yeah, so we actually had um, a pretty okay, like pretty sweet journey to pregnancy. Um, It was very interesting having a nation (laughs) (laughs) Um, will on your ovaries to breed Mm. (laughs) from the get-go, but we, I knew that I definitely wanted to be 30 when we trying. Um, 
and I think it was like three months later we fell pregnant three or four months later um so it was actually all good but even in that time I think um you reach that point where you really want to all of a sudden you can get like quickly infatuated with like wanting a baby if that makes sense Mm. yeah so I felt like it all of a sudden it kind of like took over my head and I'm like oh god gotta have sex gotta have sex (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I had been tracking my um you know using the flow app for ages because I'm already you know into that kind of stuff in general just seeing like where my body is at um rather than when I was a teenager and you didn't even mark when you had your period in the calendar and all (laughs) of a sudden it was just a surprise (laughs) so um yeah I was just kind of tracking along and yeah we were super lucky that it didn't actually take that long um before yeah the the test showed that um little mark (laughs) um while I was watching I think it was like the Olympics I was watching the Olympics like the the men's discus um or like the men's shot put and I remember just absolutely looking at it and being like holy hecka like Mm. you can't really breathe you don't really know what to do like (laughs) yeah you're kind of like and in that moment also because Brett wasn't at home he was at work um you're the only person that knows Mm. (laughs) and it's kind of like it's the only time in your life that you have this like little secret and I remember I always yeah I always had um thought that I would have all of these like really elaborate plans about how I was going to tell Brett um Mm. and I was like oh I was like okay I'm gonna go to the warehouse I'm gonna buy some baby stuff and then I was like I just couldn't do it just couldn't even get in the car and then I was like (laughs) oh maybe I'll go to KFC and I'll get a Zinger burger because that's his favorite and then I'll put his chest (laughs) in the Zinger burger and then I was like okay who wants to eat like a burger that's had a pregnancy test in an angel like come on get real (laughs) And I just kind of seized up and um, went for a walk with Kesha and just like walked around the block um, of the house and came home. And I was just like waiting on him to come home. And of course, that one day that you're waiting to tell them is the one day they take forever to come home. Um, And I remember I was like, what can I do? What can I do? So I put it in a box. And I put it on the bench and then Brett came home and I said to Brett, I was like, oh, Brett, your mum dropped a box off (laughs) so of course he like opened it up and he was like why did my mum drop this off like what is this and I don't know I feel like guys in general um unless you had been trying for a really long time um they might not even know what a pregnancy test even like means (laughs) yeah you know they don't they don't really know what they're looking for you know they just to them they're just you know living their best best lives um and so he saw it and he was like what it's like why would my mom drop off a pregnancy (laughs) test and I was like oh (laughs) and he thought I was telling um him that like his um brother was pregnant again or something (laughs) like was pregnant again and he's like is this ours I was like yes and he was like um it was like he was watching a sports game he like put his fist in the air (laughs) and he was like Oh my god. <laughs> so good. Oh man. And it was yeah, it was literally like something um from the movies. And of course after that you, you don't even know what to do, eh? You're like no. Yeah. And I think we just started. I I think the first thing we did was start a names list. <laughs> <laughs> Cute, I love that. Like five minutes into it. But yeah, yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And how were you feeling, like, after you got that positive test? Did you have many symptoms initially? And what did the first trimester look like for you? Um, So I felt really weirdly, we had the positive test, and then the next day I had to fly to one of my best friend's um, baby showers up in Auckland. And... um, I was meant to keep it a secret from them, mm-hmm. but of course they're like my high school besties and they were also, yeah. also both pregnant at the same time. So it was like, I, as soon as I got up there, no. I was like, oh, Brett, like there's no way I can keep this a secret from them. Um, and I was already feeling incredibly lethargic and I would have been like, mm. I don't know, how many weeks is that? Like four and a half weeks, five weeks? I don't even know. And I was already feeling really tired. 
and I kind of got in the I got out of the car after we'd finished the baby shower and I said to my friend I was like oh I'm just so exhausted and then my best friend goes to me oh it's like the one girl who's not pregnant <laughs> and I like still was like stewing in me inside and then um they'd bought booze for me and um another one of our friends um and we did we went to do a cheers and I was like oh yeah I'll have a champagne like put it on like do a bit of a joke and we went to do a cheers and they were like here's to the two pregnant ladies and I'm like make that three and they were like what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um but even from that moment it was like I was straight on to the cheese pizzas and <laughs> yeah. um I just did not feel like any flavor like I didn't mm. want Thai I didn't want Indian like all I wanted was like basic food and um I know there's no such thing as TMI on this podcast but honestly I think like another two days later I got thrush and oh god that is the worst pregnancy symptom to exist I reckon oh and the worst thing was it was like recurring throughout my pregnancy um and some of my friends get thrush and I had no idea that it's kind of like you either get it or you don't Mm. um but yeah it pretty much haunted me like the whole time Mm. um and I also was incredibly sick for like 13 weeks. Um, we had like, we were buying a new house and we went to look at it and I couldn't even walk through doors. Like I was so sick and Brett had to clean and tidy like the whole house while I just laid on the bed and like mm. ate porridge. And I remember going outside for a nice walk with some fresh air and I was like, who the hell is having a barbecue? I can smell that <laughs> sausage. Like, yeah. <laughs> just the super senses and stuff. And I just find it so crazy because what ended up happening, it was like COVID. Mm. And so we were super lucky that we we're in a lockdown. So we were working from home. But like, if you are incredibly sick with symptoms, I just have no idea how you go to work and you pretend mm. that you're living your best life. I know, it's awful. Ugh, it's been so debilitating. Um, and I found like computer screens incredibly nauseating. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just, I was just so sick those first few weeks. And I just, I was just so lucky that Brett was so kind and forgiving. And I just, ate carbs <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. fake cheese chips were very popular and I would just go through <laughs> you know full loaves of white bread and the next day I was on to something like pot noodles yeah, um, yeah but it's so hard because everyone's like oh you've meant to eat all this like nurturing stuff and it's meant to be amazing um you know you're meant to eat salads or whatever and all you feel like is that you feel like you can barely survive I lost mm. I think like five kilos eh yeah, yeah. It yeah. was, oh, it was not good. And oh, I was super emotional too, like super mm. emotional. Um, I remember one time Brett went to the supermarkets and forgot to get falafels. And honestly, I was on the couch in tears that I'd forgotten the falafels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. How could you forget them? And he's like, Angel, it's okay. I can go back to the supermarket and get them. I'm like, but it doesn't matter if you go back. You didn't get them now. You're not even thinking about me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so much farting and burping. And like, I'm yeah. not one to like, Honestly, like, I don't care if I fart in front of Brett. I just wasn't really, like, a public farter. I would, I yeah. would like, categorize myself as that. And all of a sudden, I remember Brett being like, what the hell is going on, Angel? <laughs> like, what's going on with you? And I'm like, imagine what this is like. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can so relate to lots of those symptoms, but I definitely think the recurring thrush, like, wins <sighs> the fucking worst pregnancy symptom award. 100%. <sighs> Yeah, it just it, it it just has the heck of like making you feel down, but like really dirty too. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like you can't get clean, you feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And to be fair, it's I oh, because I also got like a hemorrhoid and stuff. Mm. But it's it's haunted me even now. I get thrush more commonly than yeah. like what I did before. It's, it's stuck around for sure. Mm. It's awful. Yeah. Okay. But, and did you go with? A midwife for your care or what did you decide to do there um yeah so I 
one of my because I just you know I told my best my best friends and one of them it was her second so she's like Angel you've got to get on there you've got to get on the midwife tender um to be honest mm-hmm. I had what are the I don't even know the OBs like I had no idea what that even was to be honest until yeah. I listened to your podcasts <laughs> yeah. I don't know what an OB was like it's kind of like another language and I think like I had been listening to Kimmy Birthhouse for like you know so many episodes and I was like I think I've got to find out like what is an OB I had yeah I had no idea what it was but um I had only heard amazing things about midwives pretty much being like the angels of the mm-hmm. world so mm-hmm. um I just kind of scouted the page and like I um wanted a home birth and so I knew I had wanted to like um have someone who was in that field um Mm. and I originally rung one person up and a good bit of advice my friend gave me was like be ruthless kind of with what you want because Mm. your midwife wants to gel with you too so don't feel bad if you don't get the good vibes you know what I mean yeah 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 so I was like um I she said to interview like a few on the phone because it was like COVID times um and so I called one up and it was kind of like I would say she was too far into the home birth realm for me does that make sense Mm, yeah yeah like it was just too far from like the way she was speaking and stuff I was like oh I just I just wasn't I wasn't that that far on the other side of it yeah um but then I rung up another one um, and her name is like Joanna O'Brien and she's in Christchurch. Um, and honestly, yeah, I'm sure everyone says this about most of their midwives, but she's just like an absolute angel. And mm-hmm. the thing that really like stuck with me is she said to me, she's like, Angel, like no matter what, what happens after this call, if anything happens, I want you to call me. And that kind of like stuck with me because it was kind of like, no matter what, you know, I'm, I'm going to help you if something does happen, you know, if we were to have a miscarriage or something like that. Um, and I thought that was, like, really a beautiful moment. And then I was, like, got off the phone because I made Brett listen to the calls too. And I was like, I think I love her. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And talk us through what happened from there. So did you do all of the sort of standard testing that is offered in New Zealand? Did you want to know the sex of your baby? Yeah, talk us through that. Um, so yeah, we decided, well, Brett was pretty hell bent, um, on wanting, wanting to know, um, what, what we're having. Um, Mm. and so we decided to get the nip test done. Um, and also for the peace of mind of just like, Mm. just everything else, it's kind of like, um, a good wayward wash. Um, and I do want to say that like, I feel like there is some stigmatism around what is it the gender when you prefer a gender? What is that called? Um, like you mean gender disappointment or like? Yes. Yeah. 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 There's such like a stigma around it, but um, I have like my sister has three boys, um, mm. and so I have like I lived, I lived some of that like disappointment from her wanting a girl like with her, and I knew um like it's very real, mm. um. And and I knew that Brett really wanted a boy because he has his rugby dream, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I knew that it was like a real thing, but I know at the end of the day, like you don't care when they're here. Mm-hmm. Like you don't care, yeah. but it's so valid to like feel those feels. Um, and I remember we got sent the email and um we opened it up and Brett said that he'd never seen me more excited in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But to be honest, like, I don't think I, I think I was pretty impartial to be fair. Mm. Um, And I think Brett had a little bit of junior disappointment, but like, I don't, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like now he can't Mm. even imagine any other way. Um, But yeah, those feelings are so valid. And I feel like sometimes people feel bad if they're like, Oh, I wish I had, or, I didn't want this, you know, but now um, we found out I had a girl and of course I rang my sister straight away. um, And like, I feel like this is kind of our girl together a little bit. Um, And I said, I'm like, I'm sure when she has her first boyfriend, she's going to ring up my sister. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Telling her about her first sleep, you know. Um, So we did the nip test um, and we broke the family tradition because um, on Brett's side of the family, you don't find out, but we did. (laughs) Um, and 
then we I also did like you know the scans um yeah and the gestational um diabetes test which to be fair I had like worked up in my head that mm. it was gonna be like the worst tasting drink ever <laughs> like honestly I was yeah. ready to vomit like yeah I was sweating balls for like two hours like oh my god this is gonna be the worst thing ever but then I had <laughs> it and honestly I've definitely had worse things in my mouth than that drink. <laughs> uh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and, mm. and honestly, in comparison to a thing a lot of people have tasted, I'm sure I'm sure it's going to be fine. Yeah, I reckon it's just like a flat lemonade that's just been like left out a bit long or something. Yeah, it's just kind of like syrupy and yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's actually fine. So mm. yeah, I pretty much did every test. Um and then um, I had a backup midwife um, check in um, at like the 35-week mark and she wanted me to get another – or it was like 37 weeks and she wanted me mm-hmm. to get like another scan um, because she thought that like I was really – I was too small. My bump was too small. So right. I got an extra um, scan then. Um, but there wasn't anything to worry about. Um, I was just kind of like – I just had a small bump. You know what I mean? Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what sort of birth education did you do? Did you attend antenatal classes or, yeah, what did your learning about birth look like? So I am – my mum my had me at home mm-hmm. um, back in the heyday. Like, my parents were raging hippies. My name's Angel. <laughs> my sister's name's Pandora. Like, oh my um, <laughs> love that. Yeah, like my parents are raging hippies, and we were always raised. I remember at school, you know, everyone had the book that was like, and then the baby got bought like via a stork. Um, mm. You know what I mean? And then at home, we had a book, How a Baby's Made, and it was like a naked man and a naked woman, and like this is a penis and a vulva. Like it was like <laughs> that's how it was yeah. discussed in our house. There was no stork. Yeah. There was no fairy tale fantasy. It was kind of a bit more, I think, how um, we're, like, educating kids around mm. birth and stuff now, I say, um, was how we looked back then. But it was pretty weird for, I guess, a lot of kids at primary school when I came talking about vulvas <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when it came mm. to babies being made. Um, and so because, like, my mum always spoke just so highly about, like, women's mm. bodies and stuff like that, Um I always kind of thought that I would have a home birth. Um, and even though I wasn't like, you know how some people, they know that they're like born to be mothers. Mm. Like my sister was born to be a mum. you know, she really had yeah. that um, white picket fence in the lab and the husband early on. Mm. Mm. Um, but I w- wasn't really like that. I never had that like incredible, yeah. you know, maternal drive, I guess. Yeah. Until I was yeah. older. Um, and so, yeah, I just had it in the back of my head that if I would have a baby, even if I didn't know I was, um, I would have a home birth. Mm. Um, and so I was, I was, I did like your birth project course, um, which was really great. And I, I think that people think that, um, like hypnobirthing and even that term, people think that it's like kumbaya and right like and like we're gonna do some trippy hippie stuff you're gonna be like you're hypnotized and you won't remember giving birth yeah like that's exactly it or like it you know and what your course does she hasn't paid me to say this but like the thing about what your course does is it actually just makes you feel safe and happy and Mm. like knowledgeable to have a baby um and you can take each bit as it comes you know Mm. what I mean like you don't have to do the meditation if like you're not into that part of it you can just even learning about what your body is going through um is just so powerful in itself Mm. Mm. um and I just really hate that term always, you know, you, you've taught your whole life from when you were a little kid. It's like, what's the main, like, what's the most painful thing in your life? And everyone's like, is it more painful than childbirth? Mm, you know, mm, like a mm. whole life. That's the language. Like you're going to yeah. give birth to a watermelon, like yes. all that sort of a stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And 
when you give birth, you, the whole watermelon is not coming out of you. You know what I mm. mean? Like it mm. is, but not that physically. And I think even like using yeah. language like that, um, yeah, it scares the shit out of people. So hundred percent. Um, yeah. yeah, you're. You, I already knew that I wanted to do it anyway. Um, but your course in particular, just a real good roundup of it. So if mm. anyone was gonna just do that, like you don't have to fully submerge yourself into the birth world. Um, mm. Cause I probably listened to a ridiculous amount of podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got to the point where I had to hit the Aussie birth tales up because I'd just done the Kiwi birth <laughs> tales. Honestly, mm. absolute death. And yeah, that's when yeah. you know you're diehard, eh? And you just got to take a step back, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so good. Yeah. So I did lots of the, I did that and I read I think I got like halfway through that anime oh yeah the anime yeah. book um but there's like two chapters one all about that area mm. right like yeah one or, yeah there's like two chapters and I think I just didn't really get I'm not that much of a reader anyway so I kept yeah. trying to read it and then like yeah. every week that went on I was like oh I'm gonna read it this week and I just kept on like kind of putting it yeah. off um it can be a bit slow I think the anime Gaskin like it's got some really good stuff in it but you sort of have to like wade through some of the slow reading if you if you're not like so immersed in it I think yes that's totally it like yeah I just didn't really gel with it that much but I knew it was a very popular tool that people had used um yeah. And I guess, especially around birth education, you take um, what you want and you leave behind what you don't. Yeah. So for me, like, I knew that I wasn't really into, like, I'm not really into positive affirmations and stuff like that. Yeah. So I knew that wasn't really something that I wanted to do or that wasn't going to be part of, like, my plan. Um, but knowledge is power. And, like, mm. yeah, if I had any sort of pregnant friend, and even if, like, I would just get your... <laughs> your birth project and I'd get your friends around to have a movie night and you can watch that <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's quite important to know what's happening to your body. Um, you it don't is. go into a major surgery without a doctor telling you, you know what I mean? And the midwife can tell you so much. Yeah, yeah, totally. I 100% agree and I'm um, grateful for the, for the kind words about the course, but I do think like your like the theme of what you're saying is just that knowledge is power and you sort of take what you want and leave what you don't. And I think that's the most important part. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, cool. that's exactly it. Fantastic. And so you get to the end of your um, sort of pregnancy. You said that you did the scan at 37 weeks, but everything was fine. Um, so talk us through, yeah, those last couple of weeks. Um, did you go into spontaneous labor? How far along were you? And then, yeah, talk us through your labour and birth story. Oh, to be honest, it's so crazy to even be reliving this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been 13 months. Um, and it's pretty crazy. So I, um, my friend had written up, I was on maternity leave, um, and my friend had written up, like, a schedule of things to keep me busy. Mm -hmm. So I had, like, all of my appointments planned. Um, yeah. And, like, how everyone tells you, it's, like, it's your first, you're going to be late, um, you know, don't worry about it. And the plan was for my sister to come down from Auckland, and we were going to have a water birth here mm -hmm. um, in the house, um, and my sister just would just be the perfect person to have. And we were like, oh, well, either I'll have her have a really quick labour, um, and you'll miss it, but at least I'll have a quick labour, or... Um, I'll have a really fast, I mean, I have a really slow labor and you'll make it here. Mm -hmm. um, and to be fair, I think I had, I can't remember when I had that scan. I think I was more like 38 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was like two days later from that scan, I had um, a, like a really bad toothache. Mm -hmm. And so this was on like the 5th of, oh, the 5th of, April and I just yeah. had this real bad toothache all of a sudden and it was just coming on and you know how painful toothaches are you're like oh mm. my gosh and I had to go to the um, dentist and um, I remember saying to the lady ladies like oh I'll book a hygienist appointment in for you on Monday that's if you don't have the baby and I was like oh there's <laughs> no chance I'm gonna have the baby like there's no chance um, and I got some antibiotics because like 
I was just honestly in agony. And you can't take codeine or anything. Mm. Um, oh, I think you can, you know, if it's prescribed by your midwife. But you know what yeah. I mean? I was like, yeah, you can yeah, take yeah. Nurofen. So yeah. I was like just honestly in agony. Um, and I couldn't really eat any food. And I said to myself, I was like Googling. I was like Googling what's more painful, toothache or labor. <laughs> like, yeah. and then because I, I was like 38, 38 and a half, I was like, oh, there's no way, like, I'm going to have it, you know what I mean? Or 38 weeks. Honestly, I can't even remember now, <laughs> but it was around mm. that mark. Um, and I just remember being like, oh, there's no way I'm going to have it. And then that night, like, on Wednesday night, so this was like the next night after I've got the toothache, I was like, I'd just taken my antibiotics. And I was, like, in bed. And all of a sudden, like, I'd be getting these really weird pains. Mm. But it was such a huge, like, throb that I was, like, fuck my tooth. Like, this is insane. Mm. Like, what is happening? And I was going from, like, throwing myself onto the floor to throwing myself in the bed. And this is, like, 11 11 o'clock at night. And Brett was like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, my God, my tooth. Like, this is ridiculous, B. Like, what the heck? Um, and he's like, do you think the baby's coming? I was like, no, there's no way. I've got another mm-hmm. week and a half. Like, there's no way this is the baby. I'm like, I've got a hair appointment to go to. I'm going to get my <laughs> eyebrows done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to put a fake tan on. I want to wax. Like, there's no way this baby's coming. Um and then I think they went like all night and I was just so confused because I'd never been in labor before I had no idea what to expect um and I would just never thought I'd be early so I rang up my sister at like five in the morning and I'm like Pan I'm getting these really bad pains like I don't know what's going on and she's like have you rung your midwife and she was like yeah, she was like, well, have you rung your midwife? And I was like, no, I haven't. Because I didn't want to be the person that, like, mm. pulled the trigger early to my midwife. <laughs> you know, I kind yeah. of had that fear. I, like, didn't want to be, like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be like, hey, I'm in labor, but I'm not. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, because they'd been going, like, on and off so frequently, um, the midwife was like, oh, Angel, like, I'm pretty sure it sounds like you're in labor. And then, like, I had, like, a few remnants of, like, you know, the old mucus plug in my undies. And mm. we kind of had like this joke in my friend group that would send each other a picture of our mucus plug, which sounds really sick. But like that is elite friend level. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that is what you need. There's nothing gross about the mucus plug. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the only thing gross about it is the name. <laughs> yes, hundred um, percent. And then um, my sister changed her flights really quickly. Um, and I had a TENS machine, so oh, yeah. I put on the TENS machine, and, like, the one thing I'd heard about it is, like, you have to start using it from the get-go, so yeah. my sister was like, okay, get that on, and I actually really loved it, because um, it, like, you could control the, yes. yeah, you know, yeah. when you felt the pain, you didn't have to, like, rely on anyone else Mm. um and then at 11 o'clock that night my sister arrived and the midwife was like pretty certain that by 2 a.m that morning like the baby was going to (laughs) come um so at this point it's friday the 8th and i went into labor on wednesday the 6th (laughs) um so this is it i'm pretty sure you had a similar experience hey i did have a really long early labor stage yeah Um, so at, um, on Friday the 8th around 2am, like, I thought the active labour had begun, like, we filled up the birth pool, um, because we were like, it's definitely kicking off, like, I was on the Swiss ball, and I was one of those people that I was like, I don't want to be, like, checked all the time, because I didn't want, like, it to really mess with my Mm. head, and be, like, disheartened that, like, nothing had happened, I was yeah. moving around and all sorts of stuff. And then like 6am came and there was like no progress. Like, um, I, you know. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It takes so long to set up the pool and stuff. Yeah. Um, and just nothing really happened. And so yeah. we were like, oh my gosh. So she came over and then like 6 a.m. she did um, a examination because I was like, I yeah. need to know what the hell is going on. Um, and it was, I was like only two and a half centimeters, but she said like by 3 p.m. we were going to have the baby. Um, (laughs) I can just imagine the feeling. Oh, I just like naming a time is so, so just the wrong thing to do, I reckon. Oh, it isn't like, it is not great. Like you just kind of like, and you're, I was just really getting in my head. Um, and what was really annoying me is because I had done like so much research, you know, just like I had just done so much reading and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, I felt like mm. mentally it was starting to mess me up. And I knew that that wasn't good for the end game. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, damn, yeah. I was like getting annoyed at myself. Um, mm. And then in the afternoon, um, she I called the midwife because my sister knew that I was like really mentally struggling um because I was just getting random bursts of contractions still Mm. continuously but they were never picking up um and my midwife said because we were using that contraction app and she said stop timing the contractions like just chill out a bit and Mm. like watch a movie my sister went and got some popcorn and we sat down and we put on Marley and me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we like, now that movie is forever tainted for me, like going in and out of like the most, ex- like these excruciating contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by five o'clock um, on Friday, the midwife pretty much said to me, um, she suggested that like we do another examination that we go to Lincoln maternity ward, which is now closed um, just to monitor me um, and to make sure that everything's going okay. And then maybe like even pop my waters, but seriously, by this time, like I was just not in a good place. I was Mm. like, what the heck is going on? And keep in mind, like the night before I hadn't slept because I'd had that toothache. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah this no sleeping thing um and the feeling of those earthquakes running through your body Mm. (laughs) and feeling like you had control for those first like 24 Mm. hours you know and then losing that it was just so frustrating and the tens machine was really good and like i highly recommend it but the biggest problem with it is when you wear it for like over 12 hours it starts slipping off you and the Mm. pads start coming off so you go into the toilet and stuff and they're coming off Um, and so I kind of was like alternating the massage gun, um, Mm. which was like really good along my back. Um, and then basically Brett would use the massage gun on my back and then my sister would be like grabbing my hand and like telling me that I could do it. Um, and it was, yeah, super special times, those moments. Um, and so we went to Lincoln um and my midwife was like you're only three and a half centimeters and ironically even though I wanted a home birth even if I wanted to go to hospital like they wouldn't have let me because Mm -hmm. I wasn't Mm -hmm. dilated enough so in a way it was almost like a blessing that I had that mindset (laughs) that I wasn't (laughs) going anywhere because if I turned up to the hospital doors they would have been like sorry lady yeah um and then I had like a stretch and sweep and um the hospital was like too busy Anyway, um, and the baby was fine. Um, and I remember she like did my sweep and I was like face, you know, I was on the bed with my legs up and Brett mistakenly was faced towards the gateways Mm. (laughs) and the midwife went in and like pulled out all of my plug in his face (laughs) and nearly went white like a sheet about to pass out. (laughs) It was just slim and mortified. Um, and she said, do you want me to pop the waters? But I was so scared about the waters popping at this point and me um, like losing the plot or me popping the waters and then nothing happening. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, don't pop the waters. Like, it'll be fine. Um, and then the midwife organized for me to pick up like codeine and another drug that like helps you sleep. 
Yeah. From the pharmacy in town. Um, so we're like, yeah, Brett, you go get McDonald's and pick up this prescription. Um, and me and my sister will go back to the house and keep doing the contractions. But then, of course, because she, like, had the stretch and sweep, all of a sudden the contractions kept on coming on, like, really quickly, like, thick and fast. And I was like, mm. oh, my God, holy shit. Like, and um, my sister rang up Brett and she was like, forget the McDonald's, Brett, you need to get home now. <laughs> like, <laughs> she was convinced the baby were coming. We were like, holy shit. And I was having contractions, like, every four minutes. So at this point, we were like, oh, my God. So we filled up the bath again. Um. And then um, all of a sudden things slowed down again. So um, I went to bed and I tried to sleep um, and I just could not sleep. Mm. And whenever a huge contraction came on, um, Brett would have to grab the massage gun that was on the charger, pull it off the charger, put it on my back. And then my sister would come running in from the other room and be like, (laughs) you can do this, you can do this. And honestly, we did this for hours. And yeah. Brett and I ended up having this fight because, um, you know, we'd all not slept and mm. the midwife, well, yeah, we just, we hadn't slept and um, Brett said, can you just stop yelling at me? <laughs> and like, mm. oh my God, I was hysteric, burst into tears, hysterically yeah. crying for like 20 minutes. And my sister's mm. an early childhood teacher and she was like, I felt like, I was diffusing like a playground incident with a three and a four year old kid. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> because I was just so irrational. Um so my sister had had an epidural with like um with her first and then elective C sections with the others. Yeah. And um my other really good friend um had had an epidural um and she had always sworn by it and we had this game plan that like there was going to be a point where I would need an epidural and that was like if I was going to get induced um Mm. but to be honest I had no idea labors could even go on that long because I Mm. listened to so many Kiwi birth tales they all started blurring (laughs) I was like which which episode is going to tell me where my when my labor's going to end anytime soon (laughs) um and what's really interesting is, like, when you're in labor for so long, you actually forget other people are waiting on the baby. Mm. So, like, my friend was in the USA, and every day she was going to work, and her workmates were like, is the baby coming yet? When? <laughs> what's the baby's name? And they were like, no, she's still in labor. You know what I mean? It's still going on. Mm. Like, is she okay? Like, what's going on? And my poor mother-in-law and stuff, like, you just completely forget. You think yeah, it's yeah, like... Yeah just you guys in that world Hmm. um so I had like a yeah a really crappy night's sleep I had a bath thinking that that would help but honestly it was Hmm. the worst bath of my life and I think I've only had one (laughs) since because that whole bathtub (laughs) is like haunted now yeah um so um it was like six in the morning um and my sister quickly packed my hospital bag because I didn't pack one (laughs) <laughs> Not out of, like, naivety, more than I thought, like, I had in, like, another uh, hour and a half. But yes. the only things that I had, I mean, no, no, I only thought that I had another one and a half weeks, I mean. Yes, yes, um, before you were due, yeah, yeah. Before I was due. So I was meant to pack a hospital bag, and I didn't. So um, I packed, like, the weirdest hospital bag of your life. <laughs> <laughs> so... If you think that you're feeling unprepared, let me tell you, you can survive <laughs> on not much. Like, yeah. I think I had, like, one pair of undies, like, one bra, but it was, like, the pumping bra that I had. Like, one pair of pajamas. The <laughs> only thing that I remembered and I packed was, like, an extra long um, charging cable. Oh, yes. Yeah. And... Yeah. To be honest, that was like a godsend. Like I was like, this is so. That was the best thing I packed. But um, I'll get get more. But it was just so funny whenever people often ask me like, what was in your hospital bag? And I'm like, girlfriend, I didn't have my toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) I like barely had my dignity in that bag. (laughs) It was not a good time. Yeah. Um. So my the worst thing was was like my sister had come down from Auckland, but because of COVID restrictions, she couldn't come. And I was like, damn. Uh, I like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted her to be there and like have that moment with her. Um, 
which sounds weird but when you like love your sister or like no, the totally power of it. like yeah picking your birth partners is like so important and like mm. so powerful who you choose to be there with you um and having someone else other than your partner for me like I absolutely loved having her there and like even to this day Brett's like I have no idea what we would have wouldn't would have done without mm. your sister because yeah, it, was yeah. a, it was a two-person job to calm me down and because it went so long like I would just hate to imagine if she wasn't there mm. um so when I got into hospital the I was like absolutely frothing for an epidural at this point. I was like, someone save me. Like I just need this epidural. Mm, (laughs) Um, mm. And they were going to break my waters. So my midwife broke my waters. Um, And when she put her hand up me, she said something like, she was like, no wonder she couldn't come out. Like apparently (laughs) she was basically like, swimming in a huge like my waters were massive and so she Mm. couldn't like actually push them out um yeah and while I was waiting for the anesthetist to come and um save me and since she popped my Mm -hmm. waters all of a sudden the contractions came on like thick and fast um and I was screaming stuff (laughs) like someone fucking kill me like <laughs> and I really hate oh, those no. lines. like I'm just not into like saying that I want to commit I just you know I've had yeah, yeah. friends commit suicide so I'm like oh and Brett knew that um that's when shit was getting real and yeah. another thing he said is he kept telling me like good job and I looked at him and I was like can you say something else to me other than fucking good job <laughs> like <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, but I'll never forget his face like he just looked so disheartened by that and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry Brett like I'm so freaking sorry um so I was on the gas which is fine at the start um but then as the contractions picked up I reckon it just felt like absolutely nothing to me I, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like oh it was just absolute. it was doing nothing and then yeah. um finally um the anesthetist came in and she hooked me up and before I knew it I was in Fiji (laughs) (laughs) living my best life um yeah if anyone is incredibly scared of like birth or the pain um like the relief from an epidural is is just incredible like it is amazing I like i like I have no I feel like there can be some shame or whatever around getting an epidural probably not in your community to be fair because there's a reason mm-hmm. why people are listening to this and it's because people generally celebrate all women right yeah um, yeah, yeah um but yeah there's nothing like the relief in epidural I highly recommend it it was incredible and yeah. it's Brett's favorite part <laughs> <laughs> um it was yeah it was just so great and then the midwife checked me and I had I was at like eight or nine centimeters at this point so in that half an hour I went um like dilated massively but what's interesting is that um I always heard that like rumor that if you were like eight centimeters you couldn't get an epidural Mm. you know I always heard that so when I found out I was that um when I found out I was that dilated and I still got one, I was kind of like shocked that I wasn't mm-hmm. like made to just push, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it was because I was in labor so long that um, the hospital knew how effed I was um, mm-hmm. because it'd been like three, I was on my third day. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if that's what it was, but I was just kind of surprised Um and my midwife did give me the option. She's like, you can get on this bed and push and she'll be here soon or we can hook you up. And I was like, hook me up, sister. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going. Yeah. Um, and then I fell asleep and woke up. <laughs> <laughs> and I finished dilating and I was honestly like, I couldn't, I never had, I knew that people were fans of the epidural, but yeah, dang, that really yeah. take, takes the edge off. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I think I was like hungry. Um, and I remember, like, I had a sip of Sprite just to try and, like, mm. I hadn't eaten for so long. And then as yeah. soon as I sipped the Sprite, like, I spewed straight away. Yeah. Um, and I was like, dang. Um, and then I was like, they told me that I could keep, like, start pushing. Um, and mm. 
I had a semi, what is it, a partial, not a partial epidural or something like that. So, like, I could still fully move my legs. I think they call them a walking epidural or something like that. Yeah, like, so I had one of those. So I could fully move my legs um, and and I could also semi-feel the contractions a bit. So I knew Mm -hmm. when to push. So rather than relying on the machine, um, I was, I could rely on, like, the feeling. Does that make sense okay. a little bit? Yeah, I could yeah. feel it a little bit, but it was like really yeah. numbed, um, which is yeah. actually quite a good way to do it because honestly, like full disclosure, before I even had done your course or like before I was even pregnant, I didn't realize there was like contractions and then pushing. Like I thought you pushed the whole time. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I, I had no idea that you literally are like squeezing and like pushing Mm-hmm. Um, what's crazy is how quickly the time goes though. Like I think I was pushing for like two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and they couldn't figure out like why she wasn't coming down. And really interesting, my mum told me that when I was coming out, I like corkscrewed out of the birth canal. Um I was like corkscrewing mm-hmm. down and out. And I told my midwife that and she said, Your sh- like Vena is doing exactly what you did to your mum (laughs) (laughs) so she was trying to like corkscrew down and like my midwife couldn't really figure it out um and so the doctor comes in and they're actually like really good like they come to you they're like hello my name is dr mary Mm -hmm. i'm gonna put Mm -hmm. my hand up your vagina are you happy with me doing this and i'm like yes whatever it takes um and they try and flip her around but then she flips back so then they call in another doctor and they're um and the doctor like says the same thing and they're like look he might have to go into theater and it's kind of like you know what is it that like cascading like the unraveling yes. of something yeah, to happen yeah. um but because i i guess like mentally i knew like no i wasn't like dead set i knew that anything can happen in birth and that's mm. a really important thing to have as well um to know that nothing is final and everything mm. everyone's story is so different um and so I was just like whatever it takes um and also I had a student midwife which um one of my oh no student doctor so one of my um friends had one and absolutely hated having someone else in there but I didn't really mind it um Mm. uh, yeah I kind of felt like I was helping her out on her journey and she was the first um baby she'd watched birth so I was like (laughs) that's kind of special and she took photos yeah. for me, so that's nice. Amazing. <laughs> that um, nice. Um, so her heart rate started dropping because of, like, the pushing and the tension, the going up and down, and, like, because my uterus was, like, so tired from contracting for, like, so many days, mm. um, they decided to use, uh, give me an episiotomy um, and use forceps. Um, yeah. So because of the epidural that I had, it meant that I wasn't numbed so much that I wouldn't feel the force of the forceps going into me. Mm -hmm. So um, I fully felt the forceps entering me and it was incredibly excruciating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it just was not a good time. And, but they only had to do it twice. Um, and, like, I think, like, it was, like, two pushes. And then, like, she came up and, like, onto my chest. And she was, like, stunned for a little bit. Um, mm. But she was fine. Um, and, of course, I was like, oh, my God, I want to see the placenta. <laughs> and <laughs> then they were like, do you want to cut the cord, Brett? And um, if I had had it my way, um, then I would have, like, loved for Brett to even have been down there. But, like, he mm. wasn't comfortable with that. Like, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but then... And he didn't want to cut the cord either. But then I, I said, oh, I'd cut the cord. And he's like, I can't. And my wife go through that. And I can't, um, like, I, I can't get her to cut the cord as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, he cut the cord. Um, and, yeah, and then here she was. And, like, something I specifically mm. want to mention is, um, like, that, I guess, connection with your baby, and often people talk about, like, how you have this enduring love, and you're like, oh my Mm. god, and you're so besotted, and, like, I honestly didn't have that at all, um, 
I was just like, what the fuck has happened to me? Who is this? You know you have to feed them. But (laughs) it's kind of weird that that takes over. But I was kind of just shocked. And I was like, this came out of me. What the heck? I've had like three different hands into my vagina and like Mm. two hours after not sharing my vagina with anyone my whole (laughs) life. All of a sudden I have, you know, had all Mm. of this go on. And like, I just didn't have this like undenying like love for her. Um, Mm. And, you know, they always ask you like, how's your connection with your baby and stuff. Um, But yeah, I just want to mention that because I feel like Mm. people always feel the pressure to like. 100%. Yeah. Like, you know, say I have the most undenying love for my baby mm. and like mm. you shouldn't feel bad about that. Like no one should ever feel bad about telling the truth and that's how mm. people end up in shit places because you feel like you can't tell the truth. Yeah. yeah. Um so then after all that, um and because like they everyone or like my family members and stuff thought that um I would have the baby like so quickly they all booked flights down to come down here. <laughs> yeah. Um so they thought we'd have a few days at home and then they would come. But um, some of my family were already at my house because <laughs> the life went on for so long. Yeah. Um, and um, we decided to go to birth care, which um, was honestly like a really, really special time. Um, mm. And something that I would have missed out on if all of this hadn't have happened. Um, yeah. Just a really special time for Brett and I. Um, hanging out, being parents together and like working mm. it out together, not mm. knowing what we were doing. And I thought the baby blues was like crying over your new life. Like, but I honestly spent like five days crying over how much I love Brett and how amazing <laughs> he was. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was always like, oh no, my life's changed. But honestly, I was just so besotted with Brett and I remember like, <laughs> we just, yeah, there was just something so special about that time in birth care that will forever be with me. And like, he went to McDonald's and he was feeling so out of it. He ordered a Big Mac and he never ordered a Big Mac the whole time we were together. And then he came back and he's like, I get a Big Mac combo. And I'm like, why did you get a Big Mac combo? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and we joke about it to this day, like yeah. how he got this Big Mac, even though he doesn't eat them. And I had my milkshake and they just like cared for you so well. And even having mm. someone there to like squeeze your nipple. <laughs> um, mm. And, yeah, I think that you think, you know, and my sister was, like, a huge advocate for birth care, too. So she was like, oh, Angel, like, you should definitely go. And she's like, and definitely Mm. stay another night. Because that second night where you're up the whole night and you feel, like, so alone, even though, like, your husband or your partner, like, Brett was luckily enough to stay the night. Like, you feel so freaking alone, eh? Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, just that the pain of... um, breastfeeding um and just that pure shock of what the fuck has happened to me because I didn't have yeah. that undenying love you know what I mean yeah 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 I, yeah, I was yeah. in that like what the fuck has happened to me and like how am I responsible for this little <laughs> life um mm. and I had stitches um and that was all fine um yeah yeah oh. I know it's a lot like thinking back on it isn't it like you just reflect on that time and it truly is such a crazy experience that you go through no matter how you give birth but I think there'll be a lot of people who really um just are grateful for your reflection on not feeling this immediate like infatuation with your baby because that's what it's like when you watch a movie or when you hear friends talk about it they're like oh I had my baby and I just looked at her and I loved her so much and I just felt like I was always meant to be her mom kind of thing and like not everybody feels that way and it's actually okay to talk about that and I think um the more that we talk about it the more normal it becomes and the less like guilt we feel or the shame we feel around those feelings so yeah I think that's really important yeah, because I remember the Plunkett lady rang me up one day and this, and she was like, oh, so what's the connection like with your baby? And I was like, to be honest, I don't really feel, I know I have to look after her, but I'm mm. not like besotted with her. And she said that there was like a study done in the UK where it was like 60% of women or like 60, 40, like or 40% of women. It was like a huge stat. Yeah. Um, don't feel that undenying like connection with their baby straight away. Mm. Um. So yeah, it was, yeah. It's yeah. a super interesting part of it. Um, mm. So, yeah, and then we, like, came home. Um, 
fuck and I was a mum <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh crazy and how did you find like the transition out of birth care because you get like such an incredible support there right so how did you find leaving there going home I know you said you had like family around and stuff like that so what were the next few days and weeks like for you as a first-time mum oh gosh honestly it was it was it's what the crazy thing is is like so you go through the birth and then like you said you go to birth care and then you get accustomed to birth care life and it's like no Mm -hmm. change again you go home and then at the start you know um there's so many people around you um and I just remember wow like I was so exhausted and so tired but you like loved your family being around Mm -hmm. but you were like I was just feeling so jarred and I remember one day we had just had like way too many visitors because everyone's dying to come and see the baby Mm -hmm. and some um, people in particular like turned up past like five o'clock and honestly don't ever think about going to see a new mum past five (laughs) o'clock that is the time for her to like get in the zone for the Mm. night Mm. and just don't do it and um I remember like I just left and went up to my room and like cried (laughs) and luckily my sister was there she knew like but I was just so fucking exhausted and Mm. um it was a very weird transition and then like we like loved having my sister there because she's just the perfect person to be like tell you what was okay and what wasn't and you have like so much buzz around you so much hype everyone's so excited to like Mm. there's babies in the world and you're like oh you just feel spaced out and like just I think you know even having like your nipple out all the time like I am not Mm. a prudish person but um just even going through an experience I'm like I'm learning to breastfeed my nipples are on fire and I just I just felt like I I just didn't want visitors or I didn't want someone Mm. being like I'll pop around with a quiche. I'm like, I don't want your fucking quiche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Just, yeah. well, my sister-in-law was really good. Like, she dropped meals at the door and then left. I think maybe if you were a first-time mum, that might be easier. But for me, because I was just figuring it out, um, I was just, it was a bloody whirlwind. <laughs> um, just, like, breastfeeding was, I found it excruciating. Mm. Um, and I think, I knew it was going to be hard because um, really luckily I had some friends that were young mums and I was really good friends with them and they were really open and honest to me about their experiences. Mm. And um, I remember one time I went to help out with my sister when she had her third kid and it was like a really defining moment for like me as a mother, like her kid wouldn't stop crying. Um, mm. Archie wouldn't stop crying. And I was like, Pan, like, what do I do? And she's like, Angel, I'm the mum and I don't know what to do. Mm. Mm. And it was defining in the sense that it meant that, like, you don't have to know what to do. Yeah. Oh, it makes me yeah. emotional. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, it was just so important to um, uh, hear mm-hmm. that um, yeah. from someone yeah. because, like, the pressure to know what you're doing is, like, yeah. so real. Like, totally. you're, yeah. like, you're meant to... That, um you're, you're, if you go out in public and your child's crying like you feel like everyone's looking at you because um you're meant to know how to stop them crying yeah but yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't know why they're crying and mm. like when she said that to me it just always stuck with me because it's like but you don't need to know and then no. um yeah yeah if you have friends who are open um so if, if one mother is open about their journey mm. like it just or you have friends that tell you the truth, then honestly, mm. you are helping out so many. The knock-on effect of helping people out, my sister probably doesn't even know. <laughs> that yeah. um, that literally changed my whole experience as a mother to, like, not yeah. feel that pressure and just be like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> yeah. and I'm guys, my try. baby's crying. I don't know why. And it's okay. Like, we're all going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember before she left, I had this, like, breakdown because up until that point you know when babies first come out they're actually kind of cruisy but you don't really know that it's a first time mum you're just kind of like (laughs) shocked because you're like why have I got a six week period like you're still living through what's happened to you um and they're actually like really kind of cruisy and then I remember the night before my sister left um yeah I had this massive breakdown because I couldn't get her to stop crying because um it was like she just went through that period where you know they just cry for like no Mm. reason Mm. And I had this extreme fear of colic. Yeah. 
and I was like, fuck, is this colic? Is this colic? Um, and yeah, she didn't actually end up getting colic like all that bad. Um, but she definitely like, she was the baby that wouldn't sleep in a front pack that wouldn't sleep in the pram, you know, um, she wasn't, she was cruising in some respects, but she was a sensitive newborn and she's a sensitive Mm. girl now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And do you think there was anything like when you reflect back, anything that helped you like with your recovery from birth, like physically? Um, well, I worked out, um, up until I would say like 36 weeks and I was walking and, um, the main problem that I had near the end was like my pelvis felt like it was going to give way. Mm. Um, and another thing that helped me with my birth recovery was probably just resting and having a husband that's helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a great one. I know. Um, and then I started working out again after um, after I think it was like four months. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I find it very toxic that um, whole mum snapback culture. Like mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like I really do hate it. Yeah. Um, and this is a habit that I've had like four years now. So it was just something that like I really wanted to do mm-hmm. for myself. And it's. Um, yeah so I went back to the gym and just yeah other than that relaxing having a husband that's key yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah awesome and I guess for those listening who like either can or they might yeah relate or not relate to the sort of feeling of not being immediately like infatuated with your baby now that Vienna's 13 months old like how has your bond changed with her over that time and like for someone out there who's got those feelings right now and is maybe a little bit worried about feeling that way, um, yeah, talk us through what things are like for you as a mum now. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you um, might make me cry. I'm so emotional always. <laughs> I hear other people cry. I'm like shit. Oh <sighs> man, like you don't have to worry because mm. it will come in. It will come in whether it comes in fast or whether it comes in slow. Mm. And there will be days that sometimes you will feel like you don't even want to be a mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then a second later, they'll smile at you and you'll be like, oh, fuck you. You are mm. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I do love um, you so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, they just have their way with you. It will grow. Um, it will come. And, like, mm. honestly, I promise you, it will be the best thing in your life Mm, mm. um they honestly are a crazy amazing miracle blessing um yeah oh I just hate how much I love her but then she also drives me nuts sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah 100 (laughs) percent yeah amazing (laughs) yeah yeah for sure Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Angel, for coming on the podcast. I know that your story is going to help so many people or resonate with so many people or, yeah, someone will learn something from it. So just super grateful that you're very honest and open with us all and and willing to share your story. Thank you. All good. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it and I look forward to bringing you another beautiful birth story very soon. So keep your eye out for that. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.